Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben, and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're speaking with a woman who's led her competition barbecue team to become the KCBS International Brisket Team of the Year. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. Today I've got a super special uh, episode lined up for you. We've got our great friend of the show, Julianne Tyndall Davies from Jagged uh, Wood Smokers, the recently awarded KCBS Brisket Team of the Year. Now before we get into that, I do have a couple of announcements that I need to run by you. The first is I need you to make sure you keep the dates of June 26 and 27 free because Smoking Hot Confessions is putting on Barbicon. It's the world's first online barbecue conference. It's a Saturday, Sunday, two-day affair. Saturday is going to be all about cooking barbecue. So we're going to be jumping into the backyards of leading pitmasters all around the country, and they're going to be sharing with us how they like to go about cooking their various meats and proteins. And then Sunday is, is all about barbecue businesses. So for those of you who have a barbecue business or are looking at getting into a barbecue business, we're going to be jumping into the backyards of some uh, really successful barbecue professionals out there who are going to share um, different tips and advice uh, for you to, to help you with your business as well. So that's going to be something really cool. I'm really looking forward to that. Now, if you are at the beginning of your barbecue journey, um, we do have our beginner's guide to real barbecue available for you. That is on over at the Smoking Hot Confessions website. You'll be able to um, just uh, have a bit of a click around the website, have a bit of a look at that, and that will pop up um, for you uh, and you can... Uh, put your details in that and we'll shoot it straight out to your inbox. Next is the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community over on Facebook. Um, you can head on over to there. That's a, a really cool place to be. It's a it's an online group all about barbecue and unlike a lot of other groups, we leave all the guff at the door. We're a really friendly, open, welcoming group of people and we just want to hang out and talk about barbecue. So if that sounds like you, come along and join us. It's a really nice place to be. And if you're joining us live on YouTube this afternoon, make sure you give us a thumbs up, a subscribe, and hit that little notification bell. If you're watching the replays on Facebook, give us a like, a comment, and make sure you're following us as well. Over on IGTV, give us a little love heart and a follow. That would be really cool. And if you are listening to the episode on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review, because that tells Apple that you like the show, other people will like the show, and they should share it with them as well. Okay, so Jules is going to be in here in just a moment. So we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of different stuff. She is, of course, um, a wife, mum, nana, and grand champion pit master, which is really awesome. Um, you could say that she's the Australia's answer to Tootsie, if you will. Uh, she's one half of the Jagged Wood-Fired Smoker Ovens business and pit master of the Smoking Hot Jagged Edge competition team, which, as I said at the top, recently took out the KCBS International Brisket Team of the Year Award, which is just huge. It's a phenomenal effort. Um, now, she has been on the show before. She was last on the show in episode 33. So if you're interested in getting the the whole jagged backstory, how, how Jules got into barbecue, head on all the way back to episode 33. I think this is 144 or something now. So there's been a lot that's happened in the meantime, but we're not going to go back into the backstory again today. So head back there, check that out and catch up on what's going on. And today we're going to be talking about what's been happening lately. So I think that's about all we need out of me. Let's get Jules in here. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. 
how long's it been since your last confession? Hey, Jules, how are you today? It's great to have you back in the confessional. I'm well, thanks, Ben, and good to be back. As you say, it's been some time. It has, <laughs> yeah. I um, I, I sort of it it the time feels like it hasn't particularly um, you know, been a long time. But then you you count back through the episodes, you go, wow, that that really was a long, that really was a while ago. It was, it was. There was yeah. no video then. <laughs> no, no, we, we, we have evolved and, and we have come a long Ooh. way. We yeah. have, absolutely. So tell me, what was the last thing that you barbecued? The last thing I barbecued was chicken drummies. And when I, I tend to, uh, I made them into lollipops. I tend to, when I cook, I try to use, if possible, every opportunity to practice for competition so um i think you've seen the efforts that we put into uh lollipop chicken uh when you're at smoking in the valley and yeah so chicken lollipops was the last i cooked yeah beautiful i, I did see your your process there it's very thorough you're very committed to getting that perfect lollipop perfect bite absolutely yeah now, I, I usually like to ask people what their favourite barbecue is, but I have a feeling that you might have actually uh, put one in the in, in the background of the shot there. Tell us what we're looking at. Uh, it is. This is our larger version of our um, Black Beauty. So this is our stretch, and I do like to use this the most. It's wood, so I love the flavours of wood, as most people do. Uh, it's easy to easy to light up. You know, if, if I'm busy, I've got 30 minutes, I'll just um, stoke her up and go and do my prep and she's pretty well ready by the time I am. Yeah, so the stretch and the black beauty would have to be my favourites. Yeah. So good, yeah. What what sort of capacity have you got on the stretch there? Uh, the stretch has got three shelves. So as an example, you could probably fit six briskets in her. Yeah. So you've got got room. I mean, that's a decent sized brisket. I mean, if you've trimmed them hard, like for comp, I could probably fit. Oh gosh, gosh, I really trim hard as most people do for comp. <laughs> so you'd be fitting copious, more than enough, more than enough. Yeah. yeah, beautiful, beautiful stuff there. So tell me, what's what's Jagged been up to recently? Jagged's been really busy, really busy. Um, as sad as COVID has been, it's really, I guess, lifted certain businesses to new heights. And um, it certainly has for Jagged. It's keeping Glenn on the on the go, for sure. So, um, yeah, we've, we're getting out quite a few, few mainly, mainly the stretches and the Jaggeds are most popular. Um, they go mostly to, to, you know, your family backyards and stuff like that. Although we have had a couple of fellows mounting them on their trailers, um, for catering and stuff like that. So, but yeah, keeping busy. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I have actually seen one of your, uh, black beauties mounted on a porta potty trailer down in Tasmania, which is pretty <laughs> wild. That was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely was. Um, yeah, he did a good job there. Yeah. Now, I think um, last time we spoke, um, you were manufacturing the Black Beauty and we just talked about the, the, the stretch. What, what other new models have you um, brought out since we last spoke? 
Wow. Uh, so as you say, the stretches come in into play um, for, for that more more room for your pork ribs or your beef ribs and your briskets. But um, uh, the baby, what we call our baby, um, is our gravity-fed cabinets. Yeah, so charcoal gravity-fed. Um, Glenn's done an amazing job in tweaking the design and, and that sort of thing. So she's completely insulated. Um, so, so there's the baby for the backyard or for the, for the barbecue comps. I use, use that, um, for barbecue comps and more recently, um, the restaurants have been getting into the larger cabinets where you're fitting some 15, um, odd briskets in. So, so yeah. And of course we then, I don't think we had our grill last time we spoke either. So we've really grown um, our product range over the last few years, which has been terrific. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, I've, I've seen a couple of posts of those cabinets going into various different um, commercial operations. Can you, can you tell us a bit of an idea or, or give us a bit of an idea about like how they run, how efficient they are and, and all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Well, basically um, they run with the charcoal in the chute and as that charcoal burns that um, the, it drops in the chute so you've got that continual burn that continual um, consistent heat once you set your your flue and your air valve um, and she'll like as an example um, depending on what size charcoal you use in the baby she'll fit up to five to eight kilos of charcoal and she'll run easy um, 24 hours depending on how hot you're burning. Um, some, we've got caveman barbecue here. He uses the larger ones. And um, so he'll just top his up on a, on a daily basis. So the baby, for example, she'll run for, yeah, as I said, 24 hours. The larger cabinet, um, she'll, once you get that first um, chimney of hot coals in, you pop your um, cold coals on top to fill. And um, she'll take the, the large cabinet takes about 10 to 15 kilos, again, depending on what charcoal you're using, what size. We always recommend um, the, you know, just a bit smaller than a tennis ball size of charcoal. So we actually use the heat beads lump and we break that down a little bit more. Um, just so that it doesn't catch up at all, just to make sure that that risk isn't there. And um, the large cabinet will run, you know, 36 hours easy without without being touched or anything topped up. Uh, as I said, Caveman Barbecue, he runs two of the large cabinets here. And he says that he puts each morning, he'll, he runs it five days a week, um, 24 hours and he'll come in in the morning and he'll top up with three to five kilos every day and that just keeps it going. Wow, that is so, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah, so they're so efficient and being so well insulated, um, you know, there's very little effort. Once you once you dial them in, it's, it is a different design. It's a different, um, a different way of smoking. I had a fellow call me yesterday. He was running his for the first time and he's been running offsets. So it's a little bit different to run um, as opposed to your offsets, of course. So it takes a, not long. Once you get it, um, you know, dialed in, you're laughing 
absolutely laughing. Some choose to run um, a fan with it. We've used the Smart Fire on on ours, um, depending on where you are, and and then you can obviously walk away, change temps, and all that sort of stuff at the same time. So pretty well set and forget. Yeah, which is wonderful, which is what a lot of people are looking for these days. The time is just so poor. Um, people are looking for those that, that um, walk away. I've got things to do. I can go to the pub or whatever else have you and relax. If they've got the smart fire, they can monitor it as they go. Yeah, which is great. Up or yeah. down the temp. So, Yeah. Yeah, it's it's easy to see the advantages for the for the commercial people out there with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now you you did mention the the grills there before as well. Those asado grills they are really interesting. Tell us about them. Yeah, well, the asado actually came about through a friend in the barbecue community, um, Craig, and he was looking for an asado at home, so he came up one day with. Glenn and they worked together and um, basically just put it together and, you know, with basically the materials that Glenn had around and hence this, that's why it's got the saw blade um, on the, as the winders. It, so, yeah. So, and I, I love the Asano because they're very, very easy to maintain or, fluctuate your temperatures raising that that grill up and down uh you know like for instance i consider you know a medium heat probably you know half off the coals and as that cooks and i want that little extra char i just move it down uh, as as it's as it's cooking so they're a really good unit and tough as tough as no glenn doesn't build anything light <laughs> no, no. I I remember helping him load them all back up on the trailer at the end of uh, smoking in the valley last year, uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Well, he's made his life a little easier now. We have a horse float <laughs> and a winch, um, so we basically, yeah, when comping, we we just wheel them in and out, which is great. It yeah. saves his back. Yeah, because most of, I mean, especially like the Black Beauty, she she weighs 250 kilos. So with the bricks and in all that sort of stuff. So I, I think he's getting a little, should I say, old for lifting those things on his own, which he has done. <laughs> he's 50 this year. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Good on him. He looks younger than me. I know. Don't worry. He knows it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Now we yeah. we just uh, sort of briefly sort of touched on last year twenty twenty. How, how how did COVID affect Jagged? Well, being in WA, it it really didn't affect us personally that much. We're on ten acres here, so we're pretty isolated anyway. At the time, actually, we were looking at moving back to Perth. Um, so we were sort of in the midst of looking at places and those sorts of things. And then COVID came in and we thought, we're just going to stay here, just going to stay here. Glenn's got his workshop here and to try and integrate a workshop and a house, um, or, you know, split them up. It was just getting too hard in Perth. 
and um, we've got a lovely property here um, so we definitely won't be moving but as for it affecting us um, it did slow material um, getting materials in uh, but which has sort of pushed orders out now to you know we're looking at three months average now for each order um, which people don't seem to mind which is wonderful um, I had a lady from Tasmania call me today and she placed an order um, but when she heard it was three months she sort of balked a little but as I said to her those that have ordered know that once they get that product it's going to be you know it's a, it's a quality product and well worth waiting for yeah so COVID hasn't really affected us greatly greatly other than you know I, all my family's over east so there was no going over there um i'm a victorian girl by birth so yeah it hasn't really affected us greatly other than increasing sales i must say dramatically yeah oh yeah that's awesome yeah which is wonderful i mean you know, we were we were struggling before, I must say. Uh, Glenn often goes and, you know, he drives trucks or does, does those sorts of things to, um, you know, pop funds back into the business or keep going. Um, but he's been out of the trucks now for probably about six months, which full-time, which is great. Great. So that's kept, kept him home. Yeah. Oh, lovely. So, yeah. Oh. I think people's people. Sorry, I think people's push for Australian made um, has really come to light with COVID. Yeah, yeah. I think there's been a bit of a supply drop in terms of um, imported stuff, and so which has been great for Aussie businesses such as yourselves because it sort of refocuses the market back onto um, onto Australian made products. Um, Absolutely, and, and, and having. Having spent a bit of time around the jagged, I can I, I can vouch for the fact that they're you know they're thick, they're sturdy, they're well built, they're you know they're certainly not going to blow over in the oh. wind. <laughs> uh, no, no, they're not one that's going to end up on the curb. Put it that way. You'll be passing no. it down to the grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All that son and daughter that want to take over dad's pit or mum's pit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. Sp speaking of mums, um, International Women's Day is just around the corner. So I th it was great to get you in for this episode, being one of the one of the leading, actually, no, probably the leading female uh, pitmaster in Australia. Um, so let's have a quick uh, bit of a chat about how you've seen the role of women in barbecue changing um, over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, when I started in 2016, um, here in WA, of course, um, I think I was the only female um, then, but through that time, it's been really, really nice to see some ladies come in. Like we had um, the Smoke and Sheilas here in WA um, compete for a little while. They were a group of mums, lovely ladies, and they actually did had took a few walks themselves. So it's a bit disappointing that they've sort of dropped off a little bit because they, you know, could have taken a lot further. And who knows, they may come back in when their kids have grown a little um but to see the the likes of you know linda muir and you know she came over to wa2 for the smoking in the valley with hubby and and their boy 
and they did really well. So it was nice to sort of have another lady leading a team here. Um, but I, I guess more, more women are, are joining their husbands. There's a lot more husband and wife teams, which is really, really awesome to see. Um, the ladies may not lead. Um, they may just, you know, be the support for, for hubby. But I think the, the ladies, especially I see with the SCAs and all that sort of thing, the girls are really, really kicking butt, really kicking butt. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so, with the SCA, there's there's more scope for creativity. And I think that the ladies are just yeah. a bit more creative than, uh, than we gents are. <laughs> yeah, think out the box just a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, there's certainly um a, a whole lot of women sort of pioneering uh, through the barbecue scene at the moment. You got um Andrew from from Queens of Q up in uh, far north Queensland there, who actually mm-hmm. owns a a barbecues galore store as well. So she's got her own barbecue shop. She's uh, she's yeah. heading up her team there. Um, That's you know, mo- Moving down the coast, you got uh, Shank Sisters based out of Brisbane. Oh, uh, mm. Linda Moyer. Oh, that, Shank that, Sisters would have been one of the first. Yeah. 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 Um, Linda Moyer, Highland Q on the on the sunny coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda Zamet, Pitts Perfect down near Sydney. Um, you know, I'm I'm pointing over my shoulder because you know everyone knows that that's <laughs> where Sydney <laughs> is. <laughs> and then of course we've got Saffron, who's uh, who's an expat yeah. now living in in America, who's just that's absolutely right. storming it over there as well. Yeah, yeah, she's Saffron's amazing, doing all sorts of cooking methods and everything like that. Love it. Yeah. yeah. So no, it's really encouraging. Uh, I started. I did a a ladies barbecue course here specifically for ladies, and I think we had about fifteen ladies for our first course, which was really really encouraging. And um, yeah, they just want to get in beside the hubbies. They don't want to have to wait for hubby to get home. You know, they can start the pits, and you know, they can work together. Work together. Absolutely. It's another yeah. level that um, for for barbecue to bring family together. Absolutely, and that's what it's all about. That's exactly what it's all about. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. Alrighty, now I I do apologise. I did just cut you off there. You 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 had made a beautiful point, and I pressed the button, and I didn't realise that you were still going. So I I I do apologise. That's okay. No, it's just saying that you know. Barbecue and family and community is really what it's all about. And to see the husbands and wives getting together and have that hobby together, it's, it's, it's really, it's really, you know, I love seeing that. And, you know, that's why when I compete, um, I love to invite a, what we call here, an apprentice pit master uh, on my team. And I was saying to Glenn the other day, I think there's probably three competitions out of all that we've competed that we haven't had an apprentice pitmaster. So they've come in, they just want to get the feel of it. They're a little bit scared to go on their own. So, you know, come on board, just see what we do. And um, that's encouraged, like, um, Catherine from Bitch and Barbecue, she started, which I met, forgot to mention before, sorry. Um, she, her and her hubby went off and competed on their own, which is fantastic. And, um, another Lisa Robinson, she, um, comes, still comes and competes with us. Um, she likes to stay in the background. 
uh, a little bit. But I mean, those that background help is you know enormous when it comes to turning time and and um, getting things prepped for comp and stuff too. So you know, sharing barbecue and and especially competitions because it's such a great atmosphere. And um, and you know, it's I love a challenge. Um, and that's why I like to compete, especially with brisket. Brisket is obviously everyone's biggest challenge. And um, to, to fast pace people in the competition scene is, you know, some, I, I'd, um, before this, I'd organised a competition prep 21 course. And um, I had a few teams come on, but, you know, everyone's saying, well, why, why are you doing a competition course? You're still competing. And, um, well, after, you know, five, six years competing, I think it's time that, you know, as scary as it is, I might give them tips that they might kick my butt. Um, but it, gives, <laughs> it, it forces me to up my game too. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It it it, it yeah, grows so the whole scene. It, it raises the bar yeah. for everybody and it, it forces yeah. evolution in the in the scene. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, no. Now, you did start mentioning brisket before, and you are, of course, the 2020 KCBS International Brisket Team of the Year. That has to put a giant smile on your face. So tell us about oh. the, the, the 2020 comp season. Well, I think in the KCBS season here, I think we had three or four comps that, that proceeded and, and went forward. Um, I'm because I think it's November to December, I'm not sure. Um, so, yeah, three or four comps over the year uh, we had here. And um, brisket, I never even had my eyes on brisket. You know, brisket is everyone's goal, but we all know how hard that is to crack. Um, so I was actually aiming for pork ribs, overall pork ribs. Um, but as you mentioned, Paul King from um, King and His Q, he smashes pork ribs all the time. And they're, you know, looking at the at the leaderboard, there was no way I was even going to come close. Um, I did come second after him in pork ribs, which is wonderful. Yes, overall. Um, so to, to take brisket is just, I still can't fathom that. I really, really can't. Um, that was a, sh a real shock. Um, at the last B uh, barbecue events um, competition here, um, which is obviously what pushed me over into first place brisket uh, overall, um, I took first place brisket there too. So, so that obviously pushed me up that that leaderboard tremendously. So, but you know, um, to compete with all these boys and take out brisket, that's just amazing. <laughs> really, really is amazing, yeah. So I'm super chuffed, super chuffed. And, I mean, that was all in our own products, in our own, own baby. The baby worked the brisket for me. Um, so it just sort of gives her a little bit of credibility as well as myself, I guess. Yeah. Some street cred, yeah, but, nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, – was there one particular brisket that really stood out to you as being your best cook of the season? As in branded brisket or? No, just just a, a, a brisket that you presented to the judges that, that you felt you really nailed. Like there was one, like do you, do you have a favourite brisket yeah. from 2020? 
Uh, it would have to be the last. Um, you know, it's funny when in competition, you sort of, you, 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 I've, I've been working with the same rubs in over the, this time for the last two years. Um, and at Ryan's quality meets, um, competition, I decided to change it up and use a completely different rub. And seriously, if you've got, if you've got a good thing, don't change it. Don't change it. I can I think I came sixth overall and that's not bad. Um, but very, dis it just showed me, as I said, um, what I had was working. So then I went back to that, to my original process for BA and took first. So actually, to, to, to tell you the truth, I did a little bit different at the BEA. Um, I um, used my original rub, but I layered another rub on top. Okay. So so that obviously, obviously, um, yeah, pushed her over, over into the, the taste and you know, obviously, texture is a huge thing with brisket, and that's the hardest thing to nail. Um, but I think I've got a few little tips that may have helped with that. So, yeah, very but nice. I'd yeah. Say the BEA, the BEA was definitely the best brisket. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Um, there are quite a few teams who will layer sort of three, four, five, Ooh. even um, different. Uh, different layers of rub on there it's it, it's really quite fascinating because when you speak to them there's all different reasons for each one and the the, the biggest thing that keeps coming up is that it, they they hit the palate at different times as they're yeah. as the judges are biting through the meat and all that sort of stuff so and then as yeah. you said then there's texture so there's some rubs that will give you a smooth texture on the finished product and other ones that will yeah. give you more a more textured finish um yeah, so it's, it's quite fascinating yeah yeah and I think competitions push you to do things with your proteins that you obviously wouldn't do at home. Um, when I first started competing, I was adamant. I wasn't going to inject. I wasn't going to do this. I wasn't going to do that. And seriously, you just got to do what the judges, you know, you got to hit that flavour. Um, I was listening um, to your podcast this morning um, I'm um, oh, sorry, I've got a mind blank. Um, With from, Big Willie? Yes, from Badass Barbecue. And, um, you know, you've just got that one bite and you've got to hit them hard, so to speak, with that flavour. And it's, But it's got to be the right flavour. You know, not if it's too salty, I was afraid, but my last brisket was actually too salty. Glenn and I both said it's too salty. It's too salty. But obviously it wasn't. It was that was our taste, um, but obviously the judges didn't agree with our our, our um, opinion anyway. Thank God. <laughs> now that's interesting that you bring that up because um, you uh, like like me. You have competed um, at the world's barbecue championships over in Houston, and the salt on the like the amount of salt that goes into the rubs on the uh, on the briskets and things that the teams produce over there. That was what really kind of struck me is that there's just there's so much salt in all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, as as Glenn and I, because obviously you taste before you turn in, and we both felt that it was it was too salty. But obviously you've got to get in. Um, so we put the 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 slices and the burn ends. I always do burn ends. Um, 
put them in and, and it paid. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'll go with that combo again. <laughs> See if it, if it hits the mark again. I reckon yeah. it probably will. It, it, it sounds really good. So you've got uh, Brisket Team of the Year and you said that you came second for Pork Ribs for Team of the Year. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do those accolades set you up or, or, or set Jagged up for, for 2021? What sort of opportunities are, are going to arise from that? Well, I'm a bit slow, sadly, on the uptake. I did do some courses last year, um, but I'm really hoping to um, as encourage people to get into competitions just as as others do build that scene so i really hope to um have more um comp prep courses this year and i'd also like to um get more ladies involved so i really want to um do more courses with ladies specifically and then also open those courses up with the ladies to bring hubby along you know you're the boss but bring hubby, <laughs> sort of, sort of, kind of. <laughs> so, sort of, sort of yeah. teaching and empowering them at the same time. Yeah, yeah, a little. That's right. Um, I mean, you've got to be careful with competition and barbecue. Um, no one knows everything. I don't know everything there is to know about brisket. Um, so, can always continually listening and learning um i've found the biggest thing with competition is get to know the judges you know get to know talk to your judges um they will come through with comments like for instance at the last one i never tell people when a judges when they're talking to me oh that was mine or i did this or i did that but one of them made a really good comment that sort of struck me um, it was the first time they judged, and they're obviously the first entry is chicken. And they said they took that bite and it was hot. And they didn't expect that really shocked them. They didn't expect that first taste or that first entry to be so hot. And that sort of put them off a little bit. So I thought, oh, okay, well, I do have a little bit. Of, I didn't say this to them. I said, I, I thought to myself, I do have a little bit of spice in mine. Maybe if I cut that back, um, chicken does okay. I've done, I've won first in chicken before with the same combo that I've done, but maybe to get an overall taste for the judges, maybe I need to cut back on that heat a little bit. So, you know, maybe in the next comp I'll do that. I'll soften the heat in the chicken because, you know, a lot of these judges go to judge and they've not had breakfast. So so to have that really spicy first bite can just be, you know, wool a, a little bit too much. So I'll take that on board. But, yeah, really get to know, get to know your judges. Don't tell them what you're doing, but just talk about, you know, how did you feel? And just sort of gauge, get some, you know, get some little tips there now and then. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a good bit yeah. of advice there. Yeah. Now yeah. you've you've mentioned your your classes a couple of times, your your ladies classes, your competition mm -hmm. prep classes, but I know that you've been doing these jagged mega meetups. Tell us about that. Well, the the mega meetups. I think we had our first in two thousand seventeen, or was it sixteen? where basically we put it out to the local barbecue community. I mean, if anyone wants to fly in, they're more than welcome. Um, but 
new, old, well-achieved. It's open to anyone who loves barbecue. It's open to the family. We've, as I said, we've got 10 acres here. We open up our property. People bring their vans, their tents, um, their swags. They just roll them out at the end of the night, which can sometimes be three in the morning, um, <laughs> in, in the shed. Um, the kids come up with their bikes. Um, you know, it's a real just, just a real family get-together with barbecue. And Glenn and I will cook. Like last time I put in eight briskets went in the night before, um, you know, and then we've got the lamb. We always have a lamb on the spit. Um, sorry, we normally put the pig in the spit and the lamb on the cross because people love that visual anyway. And um, so there's copious amounts of food. We start, you know, when the kids come up at lunchtime on Saturday um, because we can. Um, we cook the kids wood-fired pizza for lunch um, nice. and that just fills their bellies and then they can run and mum and dad are then just left to have a drink, have a chat and um, and then we basically just serve food from, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon right through to breakfast the next morning. So, and yeah, there's a small fee. It covers our meats, uh, covers a cool room, toilets, um, so all the facilities are here. I think last time we had over a hundred people. So, wow. yeah. So, yeah. So it's great fun. Glenn and I run off our feet. We have a great team of people that contribute. Um, like Craig will bring, he'll do copious amounts of poppers. Um, Catherine will do the smoked cheese. Um, uh, Lisa and Paul are always in the background cleaning up after us and making sure tables are ready for set serving. So it's a real, a real team effort. Um, there's no, you know, there's no, it's, it's not about jagged. It's about the community. It's, it's about getting the family involved. And um, most people that come up, as I said, we've, we've started off having two a year. Um, but with all the events and everything that, you know, have grown over the time, we've now gone to annual. Um, so our next one will be June, August. So um, fire bans have been lifted so we can light all the pits. Um, we can light the bonfire. The kids get the marshmallows out. And, um, yeah, it's just a great, a great weekend for everybody. And we're only an hour out of Perth. Um, so it's a, it's a good... Um, good place you know just to come and relax and have a chat get some tips if you want um you know like sometimes outside of COVID of course sadly last time I couldn't but you know when it comes to separating your, your brisket and your burn ends your, your point um I'll invite some you know someone who's never worked with a brisket before come over here and, and give me a hand and I'll show you how to do it it's that sort of thing let's just openly share what we we do and and you know what we love yeah so we love beautiful. That it. sounds like a great weekend. Oh, it's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So how is, how is 2021 looking for you then? What, what competitions have you got lined up? Well, our first, yay. Um, our first is Chilo, um, smoke, uh, sorry, spit in the hills on the first and second of May. So I've just registered, we've just registered for that one. And um, so that they've got an auxiliary with that one. 
So we're hoping to, Glenn usually does the auxiliary cuts for us. Um, so he'll hopefully, we'll put on a whole pig, whole hog on the pit. And um, well, I concentrate more on the, on the competition side, so to speak. Mind you, there's a nice, there's a pretty um, penny if you take the, um, the auxiliary out. So you've got a thousand dollar prize for that. Very so nice. you better not play around with it, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. now, but no, do, he enjoys getting his hand in there. Does that mean he's going to have to uh, build a new whole hog cooker and, and add it to the jagged lineup? I hope so. I hope so. I have asked him for one. Um, but no, we're lucky enough. A friend of ours, LV from Cuisine Co., he's now moved to Geraldton. Um, we've had his whole hog pit stored here he used to always lend it to us for the mega meetups and we, we now store that here for him so um with his blessing we'll probably use his and um he built that himself too it's a great pit it's huge and um so we'll probably use lv's um pit for that but i'm still waiting for mine <laughs> <laughs> when glenn gets a minute yeah and that um that that pit of LVs is that the one that I saw in 2018 with all like it's it's decorated with uh, animal horns and all that sort of stuff? Yes, that's right. That's his that's his offset. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it, yeah, it kind of looks like what um what Mad Max would use if he if, if Mad Max was into barbecue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it looks yeah. It's got the as you say, it's got the horns and everything like that. So it's a great showpiece. And he works it beautifully. Um, so he's working there. His his um is offset up there in Geraldton. So when we can, um, he's also um, looking at a cabinet to make things a lot easier for himself. Um, so yeah, but in the meantime, we'll use that. Yeah, great. Sounds amazing. And so that's uh that's Chidlow coming up. Mhm. Hey. And as far as I know, BEA um, Barbecue Jason and the boys team there were going to be having one earlier, um, but they've had to postpone that. And I think, from recollection, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's put his off to June, June, um, July. So there'll be one not long after. And um, of course, we're hoping that um, smoking in the smoking uh, in the valley will go ahead this year too with Steph and Jenna and the smoke and charity events. That's always a really, really um, good event to compete at, win or lose. Um, you, we're serving our leftovers to the public, which is wonderful. Um, Five dollars will basically get you a huge plate. Um, of what the teams, each team has um, cooked over the day and presented to um, judges. So, and then the public come in and all those funds go to Lifeline, which is awesome. Awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of um, uh, important work going on there that, uh, that, that Stefan and, and yourself, yeah. you're, you're, you're talking your, your role down there, but I know that you do a lot in those charity competitions there as well. Um, uh, you guys... You guys do a lot of good work. Thank you. Thank you. No, charity is a, a huge thing, especially Lifeline. I mean, there's so many people, especially today, that don't have an ear. And um, to have Lifeline be there and, you know, save one, um, that's really, that's that's where our heart is anyway. Yeah. 
You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd Ben Arnott. Alrighty, Jules. Now, I cannot have the 2020 Brisket Team of the Year on the show and not get schooled in brisket. So give us a bit of a lesson in in, in your brisket prep and, and how you like to do it. Okay. I think, as I said um, before, I, I've i learned to trim hard. Um, and from the beginning, as I said, I was determined not to not to inject. I wanted the meat to speak for itself. I wanted it to be natural flavours, um, all that sort of stuff. But over the years, I've learned um, that you've got to give the judges what they're looking for, and if you if you're going to take a walk at all. So um, the first the first um, thing I would suggest to people is once again listen. Um, I mean. I've watched videos. I've actually one of my biggest tips I've I've got um, from a YouTube video from teams over in the, in America, and and that has really really paid off for us. I don't know if I want to share that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I get I guess the first thing is is to get your trim right. Um, as I said, I always put in burnt ends so. Um, separate your point and your flat to begin with and shape them both individually. Um, I like to get my shape just that little bit bigger than the box because I know it's going to shrink in. You're going to lose so much, so much um, volume there. Um, so shape it um, to your box size at nine, nine inch size or a little bit bigger so that it's going to sit beautifully in your box. Um, now I don't leave any fat at all on, on, on my, on my briskets. Um, so I guess first and foremost is to get a quality brisket, um, with a nice bit of marbling in it that's going to hold its own. And, um, and that should look being looked after. You should do well with that. And, um, I guess the thing is to play around with flavors. And once once you hit that flavour mark, once you get that one call or two calls, stick with what is working. Um, don't don't swap and change too much. Thinking, oh, I didn't get something in this competition. The judges didn't like it. Another thing I always do with whether it's brisket or any competition, I'll always look back on my past um, judges scores. Um, so, you know, if, if my flavor's down or my texture's down, I know to, you know, take a little bit more notice of that in the, in the next competition. But brisket, briskets, it is a hard, it is a hard one. Um, as you said, we said before, layering can be a winner of your rubs. So, um, I normally put a little bit of of the salty flavor on the on the on the bottom with a little bit of um, a little bit of not so much spice but you know natural flavors and and I have gone into injecting of course yeah so and um, again I've been using those same injections um, basically for the last two two three years so when you're on a good thing stick to it. 
Um, okay, so I've got a, a bit of a question about what you said about um, mm-hmm. trimming all the fat off, and I, I'm assuming then that that you're relying on the on, on the marbling. Um, but mm-hmm. why why do you trim all the fat off? Because a lot of people, uh, you know, there's that old argument: fat side up or fat side down for a brisket. And your answer yep. is no fat at all. So I, I'm just wondering what what led you to that. Um. I guess talking to like I've I've had a chat to Lance Rosen over to, over time and he's he's been a, a really good, um, you know he's he's more than happy to to share tips and stuff like that. Um, I got to that stage. I think for me it's it's cleaner, and it, I find the you get more flavour into into your rub. Um, sometimes if, if you do leave that little, that little bit of fat, um, I, if I have done it once before, I will serve, I will present it fat side down so that the, the, the bark is, is more presentable on, on the, on the, the top for the judges. Um, but that's just what I choose to do, I guess. Um, I could leave that quarter inch, but you know, at the end of the day, if you've got a good brisket, it'll work well and it's 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 the texture that you're looking for at the end of the day, fat or no fat. Um, and so, so long as you can work your texture, um, no fat will work well for you in a well-marbled, well-marbled brisket, yeah. Yeah, right. Nice one. Um, okay, and the my next question was to do with the broth bath. If you're sitting the the slices in the in in the broth bath, what happens to the to the bark? Uh, you only feel the broth bath to just you don't cover your your top bark. What you're going to present, yeah. So it, the the broth bath sits probably halfway up the brisket. Yeah. Ah, yeah. good to know. Good to know. Yeah, so you don't, right. ruin, don't, don't ruin that at all. Yeah. All righty. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, that probably wraps that up. Um, now's probably a good time for us to start uh, wrapping up the whole episode. So I'm going to throw the studio over to you, give some shout-outs, give some thanks, and uh, tell everybody where they can track you all down on the internet. Mm. Well, first and foremost, a huge thanks to Glenn. Um, you know, if it wasn't for him... Well, he doesn't encourage me, but for supporting my efforts in in competition, um, we probably wouldn't have gone as far as we did. And we make a great team when we work together, I must say. Um, we Yeah, we just work really well together um, side by side. And, um, you know, we've got some great people that consistently join us. Um, um, we've got, uh, like Lisa and Paul Robinson, Catherine and James Ballinshaw. Um, they are a constant, um, support and encouragement and, um, you know, Mondo Community Warriors, uh, Mondo Community Meats, um, is where I always get all my meats from. So their produce is just top notch and Vince always looks after, looks after, um, us and, and others that, um, purchase through him, of course. And Stefan, Stefan from um, the um, charity, Smoke and Charity Barbecue um, competitions, he's been, you know, he's a constant encouragement and support uh, with the comps and everything like that. And once again, I love working with him. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's probably so many 
to, to think, but, um, and you guys know who you are. So a big thanks. It's nothing when nothing, whether it's building, um, smokers or competing, we really are nothing without the support of others. You can try and walk on your own, but it's not going to happen as, as gracefully, so to speak. Um, and everyone can find us. We're Jagged Wood Fired, um, J-A-G-R-D. That's Julianne Glenn Richard Davies, uh, for those who are wondering. Um, uh, so, yeah, Jagged Wood Fired on Insta, um, Facebook. Uh, we're on LinkedIn. And uh, as Julianne Tyndall Davies, uh, we're on Twitter. Um, so yeah, we're, we're on though, all over the socials as much as we can be. As yeah, some nice. Probably say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you've, uh, you got to have a good spread there of, uh, of the different yeah. platforms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, look, I'm, I'm just gonna say thanks for coming on board the show. Um, it's, it's a Sunday afternoon. I, I realize this is your relax and, and recreation oh. time. So I, I appreciate you jumping on board to talk, uh, talk barbecue with me. And I wish you all the best of luck for 2021. Sorry, Ben, can I just interrupt there for a minute? I must thank yourself because you, um, I think we met in Brisbane. I don't know if we met in Brisbane, actually. Um, in 16, 17, we, we met for the first time or, you know, connected. And, you know, you've, you've been there with, with myself and Jagged and, and Glenn all over that time. And to be a part of the Smoke and Hot Confessions family is for us a huge blessing. A huge blessing. Yeah. Thank you very much, Thank and 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 right back at you because you and Glenn have always supported me as well. So I, 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 I definitely appreciate that as well. Alrighty, there you have it, family. That was Jules from Jagged. How awesome is that? The uh, she's a mum, a nana, a wife, a grand champion winning uh, brisket cook, and uh, sorry, grand champion winning uh, barbecue cook uh, overall, and the 2020 KCBS Brisket Team of the Year. That is a phenomenal achievement. And we just found out, I didn't know, but second place pork ribs for International Team of the Year for pork ribs. So that is really cool. We got a whole bunch of great tips in there. Um, there's a We talked about the whole new range of different smokers they've got, which are really impressive. And the brisket tips at the end there was really helpful. And I want brisket now, right now. <laughs> I'm going to go to my freezer and pull a bag out and start defrosting it. Because it's made me very hungry. All right, so that's about all the time that we do have for today. So I'm going to start wrapping this up. Quick reminder, BarbieCon is coming out in June, June 26th and June 27th. Keep those dates free. We're going to be bringing the best pitmasters and the best barbecue business owners um, into your living rooms. So I might have to put up a couple of videos or something just showing you how to get your phones and your TV, uh, your phones and your computers to talk to your TV. Because we want to just bring it all to your living room. Um, we're going to make it all nice and easy for everybody and we're going to have a great time together and it's going to be something really special. Um, there is that ebook available for you over on the smokinghotconfessions.com website. It's completely free. Head on over there, pop your details into our pop-up window and we'll send that out to you. The Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community over on Facebook. Now, that's really important that you do become a part of that community, particularly at the moment because unfortunately my Smoking Hot Confessions page has become tangled up in this uh this Facebook ban on news media. So it's the only way that I can talk to people at the moment is through the Facebook group there, Smoking Your Confessions Barbecue Community. Everybody's welcome. All the guffs left at the door. We just hang out and talk about barbecue. It's a good time. And of course, if you are watching or listening to this, please make sure you do give us all the likes and the shares and the thumbs ups and the little hearts and uh, the five-star reviews and all that sort of stuff. It helps trip the algorithms. 
and um, helps those different platforms to push our show out there to more people like yourselves and helps us grow the barbecue scene and, of course, the barbecue family. And that's a wrap for today. So until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. Yeah.